Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Um, my guest today is Chris Klein, uh, the Chief Operating Officer of Bitcoin IRA. Chris, how you doing? Uh, wonderful. Pleasure being with you here today, Rich. Yeah, thanks. I saw um, one of the banners you know, on, uh, I think it was Bitcoin.com or some site for the Bitcoin IRA. I was really intrigued because I have, you know, maybe not nearly as much as some folks, but uh, a little bit of holdings in crypto. So how did this product uh, come about? What, why did you guys conceive of it? Why did you see a need? Yeah, absolutely. So we've been in the alternative space of uh, IRA as a financial conduit for quite some time now, now, just about 10 years, and working with particular partners in the custodial space. We've done real estate, LLCs, precious metals, uh, kind of a, just a gauntlet of different alternative products that are counter to dollar-denominated assets like stocks, bonds, or mutual funds. Um, and at one point in time, uh, the challenge came across my desk of, have you ever thought about putting cryptocurrency or Bitcoin at the time inside of these? And to be completely frank at the time, I, I, this was about three years ago, I wasn't very familiar with cryptocurrency. I had known a little bit about it. I remember the run that had taken place and we're just kind of getting acclimated with it. And then once we got behind the wheel, we realized how powerful this disruptive horse is going to be in the world of uh, our monetary system. Um, and so... I, a lot of things, you know, they say entrepreneurship is, is work minus uh, haters plus uh, innovation, but also some good luck. And so uh, quite a bit happened for us that we launched in June of last year. We did our first account with the former director of the United States, Ed Moy, Edmund C. Moy. And, uh, wow. and since then, uh, when we first launched, it was funny, you know, nobody cared. <laughs> Sometimes you see, you build something and you're like, <laughs> is anybody really going to uh, say this is something that makes sense to them? And since then, now that we've seen what's happened with Bitcoin itself and other altcoins, they're, they're, the growth and then the volatility conversations about hard forks and this, it's it buzzworthy now. And we've, uh, we've expanded significantly. Uh, I had a... Um, an old business mentor that said, be careful what you wish for, kid, you might just get it. And sometimes you're building the dam and the flood comes early. Uh, so that was that's really kind of the inception of it was just a challenge to say, if we can hold these other assets, why can't people have this? And, uh, and that that brought on a series of other challenges because Bitcoin, uh, you walk into a room of regulators or bankers uh, two, three years ago, and you said the word Bitcoin and 100%, maybe 95% of them stopped listening to you. Uh, the rest, of the, the, the few that were somewhat intrigued would give you at least a few minutes. So we had to design it with security, safety, uh, and dish of ownership, a lot of components in place to make sure that this was something that could be held by an IRA custodian for use of qualified retirement. Yeah. So tell me regulation-wise, I'm sure you had to... Uh you know, talk to the IRS. What organizations did you have to talk to and what were some of their concerns? 
so the way that it works in the self-directed space is the IRS charges trust or chartered trust company to in order for them to bear instruments of, of an asset. So they have their series of checklists. Uh, and most of it's about reputation, compliance, and comfort level. So our background with them doing and pushing the envelope of LLCs and real estate and precious metals, et cetera, made it so that they felt comfortable with us first and foremost. They were willing to sit down at the table and talk about the concept. From there, it was about compliance and security was the number one factor. Uh, when it comes to an asset that most people don't quite understand on the offset, uh, you have to make sure they understand how is it going to be held and how is it going to be securitized. So we had to work with our exclusive partners over at BitGo out of Palo Alto in order to construct a wallet that was designed for additional layers of protection. They already had the multi-signature component in place. So that was the beginning point of making sure for the custodian that they had the, the fail-safes uh, with the multi-keys, uh, the key internal recovery services, um, having that backup in place. And then the indicia of ownership. So how can the custodian in, in the setting of an IRA, all assets have to be an arm's length distance away from you. That's why the government gives us that ability to have in a traditional setting, tax deferred earnings or in a uh, Roth setting, tax free earnings is that we're not holding it, not in our personal bank account. Somebody else is holding it on our behalf. And so we had to define that indicia of ownership with the, the setup of the keys and how all those layers of protection come into place. So while it seems you would say to yourself, the, the fear of most Bitcoin is it's so digital that it's so fast that it's risky. We brought back a little bit of the analog to the space and, and the fact that when somebody wants to do a liquidation or a redemption or a subscription of, of any type of coin, uh, there is a voice confirmed trade line. There's also uh, documentation that is audited with a remote IP address verification and voice verification for them to execute that trade. And then there's a, one more step before we send out any funds or accept or move any coin uh, and those keys are extracted. There's a, there's a uh, identity verification with the client. So just slow down the process a little bit. It doesn't mean that it co it takes you three days to sell a coin or buy coin. You do it instantaneously with the trade, but the movement of monies and coin is a very securitized fashion. Okay, but in the IRA or the Roth or the instrument, you're literally holding the money in Bitcoin and not in fiat. Yes, it's a direct investment into the cryptocurrency, into Bitcoin itself. So it's not a proxy certificate like a um, like the Bitcoin Investment Trust or GBTC, where you're, it's a representation of Bitcoin. is a direct investment. So you're going out of U.S. dollar, out of fiat currency, and into the 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 which is my, my in my opinion the ultimate allure of Bitcoin is it's finite and it will continue to be such because it has a diminishing rate of return for miners, etc. How it was designed. So you're taking yourself from a monetary system that is diluted and printed and, in my opinion, bastardized by most central banks, including our Federal Reserve, into something that is user-driven, decentralized, and limited and finite in its nature. Uh, and that's the ultimate experience I think a lot of Bitcoin buyers are looking for today. Can you, can you go over uh, the basics of IRAs and Roth IRAs just real quick so people understand the instrument? And yeah. I know they can look it up, but it would help if you go over it. Absolutely. Well, there's four main types. We'll focus on the two that are the most popular, but just to say that they're all four there, you have a traditional, a raw, a SEP, and a simple. And uh, SEP and simple are a little bit less popular. We see a few simple accounts. They're usually done by a certain type of small business. SEPs are for self-employed individuals. You get larger contributions. Uh, it's Those are in tax-deferred settings. So that means that the funds have not been taxed yet. They're pre-tax monies. So when you put, contribute to like a 401k, whatever amount you want taken out of your paycheck monthly and then matched by your corporate is done before taxes. So it's a pre-tax money that's put into a, a, an umbrella of an IRA that will be taxed when you distribute it at the age of, you can start distributing at 59 and a half. You are required to distribute in a traditional setting at 70 and a half. 
So that's when the Uncle Sam says, hey, you got to start taking some of this money out so we can get some taxes on it and it's taxed at ordinary income. The differentiating factor for a Roth is it's post-tax monies. So a, uh, you, would, you would take $5,500 or whatever the amount is that you want to contribute to a Roth IRA directly from your bank account. So you've been taxed on that money by your, via your income, uh, your W-2, et cetera. And those monies will get uh, contributed to a Roth IRA. And if, as long as the funds stay within the IRA setting of a Roth five years and you reach the age of 59 and a half, you can pull out your 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 funds tax free. So any gains that you may have made, et cetera, the principal, et cetera, all because you've been taxed before and it's a different setting. Now there's some limitations and some exemptions to that. You you can't make a lot of money to do a Roth design for they I think they really built it for younger generation to start building their retirement in a tax free setting. If you make over about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, you're you can't contribute to a Roth. One of the other uh, perks of it is. Um, if down the road, say you bought $100,000 of the Bitcoin and it doubled or tripled and then you reach 59 and a half, you haven't reached 59 and a half yet, you can take monies out earlier for first time home buyer expenses and at higher education expenses. Uh, and that still remains as a tax free distribution. So there's, it really depends on what your setting is. Most people have old 401ks that they got from an old employer that they have, they can roll over into a traditional IRA. So it'd stay in the pre, pre-tax setting. We do have many clients that have built and started uh, Roth IRAs as well in the past. So uh, just kind of a scratch the surface there, but everybody's situation is a little bit different. Well, with um, with Bitcoin, as I understand it, um, the IRS considers it to be taxable as property. You'd have, I guess, short-term or long-term capital gain depending on the instrument in you're holding, a, right? Yeah, exactly. In a non-IRA setting, that's what happens. So the, that's kind of why that you have this conversation. There was a judgment yesterday, I think, from a, a magistrate about the IRS in, uh, looking into Coinbase and asking for, basically the way that the magistrate put it was, that would be like somebody, the IRS asking for every single account holder's information from every regional, national, and local bank in the United States. It's just not precedented, but that's what they're asking of Coinbase. Uh, and it's because people are buying and selling and they know that there's capital gains there. There's people that might have bought it $9 and sold it 2000 That's quite a bit of gains. And the, and the IRS Uncle Sam wants his money on those things. There's long-term and short-term cap gains implication. When you're in a retirement setting, which is one of the perks of this, is when you, whether you buy and sell at whatever frequency that you want to, you won't have a capital gains implication because you're under the umbrella of an IRA. And so people are, that's part of the, the I guess, the uh, allure to this is that, hey, I can trade in and out of cryptocurrencies. I can do some balancing and I don't have to ante up to Uncle Sam. I was down in uh, Puerto Rico at a coinage in event in March of this year. And I gave a keynote speech on that exact concept. I called it the $15 million mistake. And there was two guys, Billy and Steve, that both started with $5,500 back 2009. Now, these are hypothetical people. So I made them able to make every trade that you would have wanted to make if you could look back in time. So hindsight's 2020. Right. They were buying low and then selling at the run and then buying back in at dips and selling. And they did a total of like six trades each, all exactly the same. Billy went just to a Coinbase or a local exchange and bought and, 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 and used his $5,500 as, uh, as a cash basis. Steve took and put his funds into a Roth IRA setting. And the difference in their earning was a $15 million mistake by Billy If you as you ran the math. Because each time that they sold off, he had a short-term or a long-term capital gains implication. So the, the, that was deducted from his fiat that he cashed out to. So he could only buy, he could buy less Bitcoin every time he went back into the market versus Steve, who didn't have any of those tax implications. He kept his purchasing power. And that can really imagine $5,500 from when they walked out of it, the, the numbers was... Uh, Steve had 25 million and and Billy had uh, 15 million or 10 million. And that was the difference. So $15 million difference by utilizing these programs that are offered for retirement savers. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. Um, Are you guys going to have a uh, cryptocurrency IRA or do you think it's just going to stay Bitcoin only for a while? 
and why? Well, we uh, we started with Bitcoin. Obviously, it's kind of the it's the kingpin of the crypto space. I have uh, a lot of uh, personal reasons why I love Bitcoin because it does have that finiteness to it. Uh, but we've already evolved. In April of this year, we launched the first ever Ethereum IRA, which was seen as a game changer by Investopedia. Uh, and that since then, I think we've done almost 10, 10 to 15 million, I think, in just a few short months period of time of investments directly into Ethereum. So we've built a, uh, a, a the first of its kind Ethereum wallet with our partners at BitGo. Uh, so clients will be able to log into their accounts and see and between their Bitcoin wallets and their and their Ethereum wallets. Now, what we also did was we had some foresight and vision in our minds of this isn't going to be the last coin we're going to be asking for. So we've built the wallets and the technology to expand and be very agile. We intend on adding Ripple and Litecoin by the beginning of Q4 this year. And then as more and more coins come up to market capitalization where clients feel comfortable with them, we'll add them on and may even get to a point in the in the distant future, sometime in 18, where it could be an open game to whatever altcoin you may want to invest in. Uh, the problem I see with that is that there is a lot of pump and dump and there is a lot of scams and schemes out there when you get into that ICO space. There's some great ones. We've seen some winners and we've seen some losers so far. And uh, so it's it's all about uh, vetting each individual asset. But so far, Bitcoin and Ethereum and coming up next is Ripple and Litecoin. Well, within a given IRA account, can I uh, go between Bitcoin and Ethereum or are they siloed right now? Uh, at this point in time, you can. What the, the, the only disruption to it is that when we say go between, we think, instantaneous exchange, right? So we want to say, sell my 1,000 Ethereum and buy me 10 Bitcoin, just for simple case. But what happens is the banking systems, are these archaic monetary systems, need to have clearance back to the US dollar. And what we're working with with our partners at Genesis and others is in to have instantaneous trades. So there isn't a settlement period. Because you may lose out on that opportunity, that trade you're looking for in that two to three, maybe three, four or five business days, if there's a holiday or a weekend in there where funds have to settle, then we can, they post and then we can execute a trade for the asset you want to go to. Um, inevitably, there's, we're going to have an option of auto balancing and or manual balancing. So people can set, say, I want to have an even mix of 25% of these four coins. And if there's ever a run on Bitcoin like yesterday, I want to sell off and buy in on Ethereum that hasn't reacted and get, uh, and get some and balance myself out. And that can be fully automated or manualized. What we're seeing is now that we're in this space and we're in it for the long run and we want to make this a user-generated experience. That's what Bitcoin's all about is the user defines it. It's decentralized. Nobody's telling you what to do. It's the users in these groups and communities that are saying, this is what we want. And we're driving our business in that fashion. So that's why Ethereum came out. Clients kept asking for it. We said, okay, we'll make it. Now they're saying, I'd like to have these kinds of things and portals. And we're building the ability for you to do trades on your own 365 days a year, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Can't really do that in the banking world because there's banking holidays, there's actual national holidays, et cetera. But as we all know in the Bitcoin space, it doesn't sleep. I've seen 15% runs on a Saturday, or as we saw last Sunday, what took place. Those are some great buying opportunities. Most uh, companies uh, in the in the traditional sense closed for business hours. We're going to make sure that we are open to 24-7-365 for our client base ahead. Yeah, that's really cool. I love the future um, auto rebalancing feature. That, that you know, because I've thought about that a lot. What do you do? You know, when one token you have runs up, um, you know, and how do you rebalance? It's really, really cool. 
Yeah. And at the end of the day, anybody that's considering Bitcoin, one thing uh, that we've really started and when I talk, get a chance to talk to clients is, is positioning is key. So we've had so many clients come through and, and request information. We've gotten started with them. And then, you know, the market is somewhat emotional. It'll have this run and they're like, oh, I missed out or it'll have this dip. And it's like they see some soundbite from some media source out there that says Bitcoin is dead. And they just de facto to, oh, I, I made a good choice not getting involved in that. This is going to this is here to stay. This is a disruptive nature of our a monetary system, just as internet did to communications, or let's look at what email did to the post office. Uh, inevitably, we'll see those factors. So if you really think at some point in the future, maybe not today, but maybe a month from now, et cetera, I want to I pull the trigger and maximize off some of this volatility. You need to get your funds in position in the IRA setting with the wallets ready so that you can execute trade. I don't know how many times I get where we get a dip on Sunday and I get 50 clients that we've talked to two months ago that are now like, I want to do this today. Well, if we would have positioned, you would be able to do it today. So keep that in mind. While the market's very fluctuative, you're in charge here, but getting yourself in position is fundamental. What about the, um, you know, SegWit, Tenzo, hard forks, soft forks and everything? Are you, are you seeing any nervousness uh, from your account holders, and what are you guys telling them? We we do get emails, uh, and we do we communicate with them directly as well with the uh, education and knowledge that we're aware of about it. What we try not to do is throw our hat in the ring to influence it. So especially just like with our partners at BitGo. Well, when, if and when the market decides it's going to do a soft fork, hard fork, or et cetera, then we, at that point in time, we will, we will adjust our technology to support what the demand of the marketplace is. Uh, but by going in in advance before those decisions are made, when we're not miners and we're not we're not the ones that are and we're in the secondary markets of this is 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 almost too influential, and we don't want to do that. We want to keep that decentralization to it. So we're prepared and ready at any time, and we educate our clients about it. Uh, I think that the what we saw yesterday, I think we hit we we hit the uh, I don't know if BIP 191 and SegWit was ex, was was locked in, but that's just the beginning of scaling. So we saw a contentious argument and conversation in March of this year, and you saw the Bitcoin price fall back from 12, 1300 to 900. This time we saw it again, where there was this conversation of um, hard fork, et cetera. And I, to be frank, I think the mass media and the banking systems themselves eat that up. They love to see that. I mean, right now we're a contentious adversary moving forward for fiat dollars. Fiat currency will have a day of reckoning. It cannot exist forever, especially at the exponential rates by which central banks are printing money. So you you saw, we've seen it in the past with manipulation by JP Morgan, et cetera, in the COMEX markets with precious metals. They can't really get that influence or that manipulation within the Bitcoin space. So when we start this infighting of technology amongst each other as a community, they capitalize off of that. And, and that's what you see is in the if you look and search Bloomberg, Forbes, any of them, the conversations are about why, why this technology shouldn't be trusted because they can't even agree on how it's supposed to be run. When the true conversation is, we have a scaling issue because of how popular Bitcoin has become and the number of transactions that are taking place. So I always, you know, for any listener out there, remember that don't go down the rabbit hole and lose your mind reading every technical white paper out there, but also don't just settle for a soundbite from a mainstream media provider. There's a story going on here uh, that if that early adopters, even today at the rates of 2,700, they're, they're going to look back and know they were early adopters at some point, uh, that you want to make sure you do your research, but the Diversification into cryptocurrency, uh, it'll be something you might not, you'll probably kick yourself for down the road if you don't think about it. Mm. Agreed. I think we are still in the very early stages. Um, what What are some of the most frequent questions you get or misconceptions people have about, um, you know, the Bitcoin IRA or the Ethereum IRA or your products? 
Uh, most of the, the most of the time, the questions are, "How fast can I move?" That's usually when somebody's engaged and ready to get forward, they're like, "How quickly can I move my money?" Well, that comes down to where it is now. So, if you have a four hundred one k at say Fidelity, we would make a phone call, and within about three to five business days, there'd be a check issued uh, for your IRA and rolled over if you were eligible for rollover. But there are some groups that have you tied into like an annuity or some mutual fund that has to be sold off, and the, the banks have made it a, a a, a, I guess the word for me is it's it's kind of a pillar of their business now to get in the way of movements of money and slow down transactions in order to charge fees and interest. It's a, it's a pattern. Ask I mean, how quickly will they charge you a uh, how quickly will they charge you for an overdraft fee? But then when you give them a check that's bigger than your bank account balance, they hold it for 10 to 15 business days. Um, or ADP is a great example. We do our um, total resource providing through them. And I was sitting down doing a renewal last, uh, I think, early this year in February, March. And I, I asked, I said, you know, we got all these frills, you know, all these kind of amazing things that we give our employees. But I know those businesses, you guys aren't making much margin on them. Where's your, where's your, where's your real money made, if you don't mind me asking? And she was blatantly straightforward with it. She goes, think about it, Chris. When you need to do a payroll of, say, $100,000, you have to give me that money three to four business days, sometimes five on holiday weekends prior to me paying out your people. And you compound that across billions of dollars of payroll bi-monthly or monthly, and we make our money off the interest in the movement of funds. Uh, and so that's that's kind of what is taking place in the banking system today. And that's one of the, the things that can get in the way of people wanting to get into it quickly. So it's always best to find out where your funds are invested, who the group is. There's some, some many, many will take it's about a one to two week process, but legally they have upwards of 30 days to fulfill a transfer request. And when they get to stretching those is at times like in 2007 and 08, when we had a crash in the marketplace. And money was moving extremely slow at that point in time because they were trying to stop the bleeding. Uh, they didn't want the sell-offs. They didn't want the money moving in the at this max exodus. So they they'll get they have these tools to get in the way of that. Uh, so that's usually that's one main question. Another one is um, how do I know that it exists? So how, what is this indicia of ownership? Who's holding the keys, et cetera? Because a lot of people and there's like an mo out there in the Bitcoin space that if you don't hold the key, you don't hold the asset. And you're absolutely right. But if you do, if you hold the key, then you don't have the asset in an IRA a tax deferred setting. So it's a it's a set it's a it's something it's a, a compromise we have to make if we want to have the perks of the setting of an IRA and using retirement funds. A lot of people say, "Well, then I just why don't I just cash out my 401k so I can hold the keys?" Well, then you're going to get nailed with ordinary income taxes. And if you're under the age of 59 and a half, you're going to get nailed with an early withdrawal penalty. Uh, that may not be worth it for the indicia of ownership of keys. And that's why we built our security measures with BitGo so that they could feel at a comfort level of understanding there are multiple fail safes, multiple keys to extract it, verification, et cetera, that takes place. So your coins can't move without you absolutely verifying that they need to move. Uh, so those are two main things. I think safety, security sure. is a big thing. Uh, speed is another thing. And then some of the questions you've asked is, where are you going next with this? Uh, when can I get this coin? Or when can I get this uh, or do this? Or when can I do balancing? And, uh, and we're listening very closely to those and watching those patterns so that we can build a business model that is, has got a longevity to it. And we were the first to market. We do have people coming in behind us. And so we want to keep innovating and staying uh, quite a uh, quite a bit, a few few years ahead of them as far as the pace of development. All right. So I got two questions. Um, what if I already have crypto? How do I get it into the IRA? Do I have to turn it back into fiat and then rebuy once I'm inside the IRA? That is the one we've had that, and that is the one unfortunate thing because the U.S. government and the IRS, how funds have to be contributed to an IRA setting, has to be in U.S. dollars. 
So you can't do any in-kind contributions of, of alternative assets into them. They need to be in U.S. fiat and then would be put over. So if you already are holding in a, uh, in a, in a crypto setting, uh, you might want to just consider opening a new IRA, maybe a Roth if you're eligible for it, or look at some old retirement funds you have and roll those over and add to your portfolio. And then that's what most people look at. Their first intuition is, well, I already have like 50 Bitcoin. Can I just contribute those? And the way that the settings are for the establishment of accounts and funds for a first-time account have to be in U.S. dollars. Okay. Another question I have is, uh, do IRAs allow any margin products, uh, futures, options, or is it just you know buy and hold? Any other uh, types of instruments that you can do with your crypto once it's in an IRA? Uh, with Dodd-Frank, there was quite a bit of limitations put on leverage and margin, et cetera, out there. And within the crypto space right now, it's just to simply buy and hold. Now, we have had some clients that have taken and utilized now, like I said, we have this background in LLC development. So we have exclusive partners we work with that can build an LLC within your IRA that then you have an additional umbrella where those funds and that, that, that Bitcoin can get moved into the LLC setting, where then you would hold the, the ownership of the keys and then you would direct. It's kind of like building your own mini hedge fund. You become the hedge fund manager or president of that fund. It's still held by an IRA. It's still in a tax deferred setting, but it gives you additional latitude. Now, this is for a little bit more of the sophisticated buyer that's wanting to do some some more things, but that's we've had clients that have used that to get into ICOs because a lot of times ICOs, you need to have Bitcoin to buy them when they first come to market. They don't. Crypto loves crypto. It's not really a fan of uh, fiat. And then others that have looked at mining. Now, mining is a wild west and I always heed caution to people in the mining space because there are a lot of uh, not completely transparent processes and how that happens. It takes a long time for those contracts to come through. And with the volatility of the marketplace, you can really be underwater in a hurry if it falls falls out. If you get in in contracts at 2,500 and then they start maturing at 1,700, you can't control that. So, But those are options that are available out there. And we're continuing to look at them uh, and build into them. There's there's some tax implications with it, with UBIT and other things that can take place. So it may not be as beneficial. You may lose out on the 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 the, the advantages of an IRA when you go into some of those spaces. But at the end of the day, the, the sky really is the limit. It's just a matter of your comfort level and your sophistication level. If I've got a client that's coming through that is just getting into crypto for the first time, I, it's really silly to go through the process of building LLCs and 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 then having to figure it all out. We have there are competitors in the space that have not taken the three years of development of wallet construction and custodial approval and have taken that fast track to say, oh, just build an LLC and you can do it on your own. That's kind of like putting somebody in a minefield and blindfolding them, in my personal opinion, or maybe handing them, telling them, here's a law book, go learn law, because there's so much to this process. What wallet provider do I use? Can I trust them? Where do I secure the keys? Should I have backup security to those keys. Uh, when I want to make an exchange exchanges, how do I do that? We do our purchases OTC, so over-the-counter off-exchange. It's for security purposes. Your money is never moved into a hot wallet or exchange setting, which we've had. That's where we've had weaknesses in the past, where you saw the Bitfinex hack that took place last July. It happened there at the exchange level, not at the cold storage level. So if you can always keep your coin and your US dollar in a, in a, at a layer of, of differentiation from hot wallets or exchanges, that's the best way to do it. However, the guys that are out there selling off saying, hey, just put Bitcoin in uh, an LLC IRA, they don't know any of those things. They just simply know how to build an LLC and they hand it off to people. And we've had several clients come to us and say, well, I got this LLC, but I don't even know what to do with it. Do you, look for the turnkey solution that's out there. They exist for a reason. We put our blood, sweat, and tears for three years into building this. What's happening now is this market is so buzzworthy, you need to be aware of imitators. Um, after three years of review and development with the regulators, we're pushing the forward the envelope. 
Um, but we're already seeing issues with clients where companies are doing the advertise first, build later mentality. So let's tell the world that we can do it uh, because we want the business. And then when their funds come in, hopefully we'll be ready by then. I just had a client that did that with another business and they, they were sitting on $300,000 to invest in Ethereum since March. And they kept telling them every week, oh, next week you'll be able to buy. Next week you'll be able to buy. And they never could do it. Now they finally moved their funds to us oh, and they've invested. They, but think about the gains that they missed out on. That was $40 a unit at that point in time. Now we're at two twenty five. So beware of... It's kind of like gold. I don't know if, if you were around or watched the gold marketplace in 08 to 11, the run that took place. There was a lot of fly-by-night companies. There was a lot, pretty much anybody with a computer and a phone could start selling precious metals to people because everybody was running for safety from the marketplace. And people are running either for disruption or speculation into Bitcoin and alternative in investment. And do your proper due diligence on the vetting of the companies that you're looking at. There's going to be more. There's going to be more and more that come into this space. And uh, and making sure you do your vetting and look at their background and what they're, where are they pushing the envelope forward or are they just simply a middleman trying to get a little bit out of you in order to grow their business because they know Bitcoin's popular? Are they part of this community or are they just on the outside trying to make a buck, I guess is the way to look at it. Gotcha. Hey, last question. Who are you getting as clients? Not you know their name, but older people, younger oh, men, women. Yeah, yeah, tell, me, tell me something about your part. Is it surprising? To that is the coming? coolest part about this. Yeah, absolutely. When we first went into this, I remember saying to my to my partners and to the board and saying, we could just get a bunch of kids. It could just be a bunch of 20-somethings or millennials, et cetera, that don't really have a lot of money that just want to start a new Roth IRA. And we can do that business if we if that's what we're looking for. But we need to find where's our bread and butter, uh, what's that clientele that we're looking for. And it's very blended. We do have a standard deviation curve of sorts in age-wise. I would say our average uh, individual that's getting into the account process is rolling over a 401k from a prior job, may have shifted jobs, et cetera, or have an old IRA. And they're in the 50 to 50 to 60 years of age, which is much older than we anticipated. We've had clients as old as 75. We had a couple clients that were born just before the stock market crash in 1929. And that's why they are seeing, they, they, they're looking at this as disruption. And we've also had younger clients. And then as gender, it's been very blended. And and some of the other spaces we've had before, it was very male dominated, but women are very into cryptocurrency and very into the empowerment of the process of it and what it can do for their financial future. Uh, and so that's really cool. We also get a lot of husbands and wives and spouses that do business together with each other. They do one account and then they'll do another account. We also have had a lot of people that have opened up, they've done their IRA and then they open up uh, accounts for their kids because uh, they want get, to get them started. I know myself personally, I have my Bitcoin and Ethereum inside of my IRA setting. I also have precious metals and some real estate in there for full disclosure. But I also have my, my daughter. She's three years old. Her name's Isabella. And she has a college savings plan that's inside of a Roth IRA. So, And hers is all in crypto right now. Because I figure by the time she reaches 18, 19 years old, I don't know too many stocks, bonds, mutual funds that I feel comfortable holding long-term like that. I think that this will be a tool that she'll be able to take out those funds in a tax-free setting because it's for higher education purposes and pay for her college education based on, hopefully, knock on wood, dad's, uh, dad's uh, vision and strategy. That's great. All right. So how can people, um, you know, communicate with your company and uh, talk to you about the possibility of opening up an account, rolling over funds, et cetera? What's the best way to reach you? Uh, the, the fastest way is to go to BitcoinIRA.com. On that site, we actually just launched our newest version of our site. You can fill out a form to get an investment guide to learn about Bitcoin and those details. You can also get started right away where there's a pre-qualification uh, process where you can tell us about your, your account that you currently have how much you're thinking about investing, what kind of coins you're interested in. And then one of our Bitcoin specialists will get a hold of you and try to align your goals with the kind of products that you're looking for. Um, and then you can always just call directly uh, where our, our numbers are listed on the site. Our local number in California is 818-616-8781. 
Uh, we've got individuals Monday through Saturday on uh, on site to to help answer any of the the, the questions and determine if your accounts are viable for it. Uh, and then uh, from there, it's just a matter from it, it's a very quick process on our side. If you decide, hey, I want to open up an account, I want to get started. Then the first 24 hours, we'll have an account established. We'll have a wallet built. We'll have um, all the details in place for it to accept funds and you onboarded with the trading partner. Um, beyond that, it's just a matter of, like I said earlier, how quickly can we get the funds from your old custodian uh, moved over to, into position so that you can start executing trades. Uh, and then you're in charge. So when you want to do trades right now, we're limited to Monday through Saturday for Bitcoin, Monday through Friday for Ethereum. We're finishing out indexes, et cetera, so that, like I was mentioning, we can get to the 365, 24-7 run of doing trades. And then that's where you get to start deciding what coins or, or alternative assets you want to put in these. We have clients that do some blended approaches, too. They do, um, they'll take their gains off Bitcoin, and then they roll them over into gold, physical gold, as a long-term hold. Uh, taking So they take their profits from one and put it into an asset that's pretty undervalued right now. It's at three or four-year uh, lows right now. So they're looking at that opportunity. Others have looked at uh, real estate that you can do within these. So uh, remember, this isn't just a Bitcoin IRA. It is it is an alternative IRA where you can take a component of your retirement and put it into things you can't get at the traditional banking houses. Well, very good. Well, Chris, I appreciate you coming. It's been a really informative interview. I think it's a really cool concept you guys have going there. Absolutely. And if anytime in the future you want to talk about uh, developments or otherwise, we'll keep you privy. I'll make sure that our team uh, keeps you privy to any of our developments. But it, honestly, it's been more of a pleasure being on with you today because you guys put out amazing content. You really do. And I, and I hope that this helps your subscriber base and your listening base. Thanks. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. 